I love that song. And church, welcome. Thank you so much for coming to Mountain View Sunnyside, choosing to worship with us this morning. Uh, my name is John Leonard. I have the awesome privilege to be the youth pastor here at Mountain View Church. I'm grateful to be here. I love you guys. I miss you. Uh, I was here a couple weeks ago, and I'm back. Uh, I love being here. I love being able to share God's word with you and what he's placed in my heart. And also, this feeling of wanting to be back here is actually just talking about Fresno. Uh, last week, I had the amazing privilege to go back home to Oklahoma City. That's where I'm from. And I got to be able to see my family and my wife's family, and we got to volunteer at a kids' camp for abused and neglected foster kids called Royal Family Kids. It was incredible. I loved it. I loved spending time with my family. I longed for it. Actually, just so you know what people from Oklahoma look like, I'm going to show you what my, who my family is and my wife's family. Uh, this is my wedding day. My wife looks amazing as always. My sister on the right, that's Rachel, and these are my parents, Brian and Michelle. Uh, I love them dearly. And then on the next slide, we have my wife's family. There's her dad, Kevin, her sisters, Bella and Savannah, her brother, Adam, her mom, and Deanna. And there's me with a caterpillar on my upper lip. Oh, man, it looks great. Yeah, this is my family. And I remember building up to this camp like I had the, the countdown of the days in my mind. I wanted to be with them. I love the camp in itself. But living out here in Fresno for almost two years now, I really miss my family. I, I love my family. I'm really close with them. I have close friends that I consider family. And as I'm building up this anticipation to go and I'm finally there, I couldn't help but just hug all of my family and friends kind of past that awkward moment, you know, where you're hugging someone and then you kind of give them the extra tap being like, okay, hug's over, you did good, but I'm just still holding on. I don't want to let them go. That's where I was and they said good job after. And I remember the entire week I was just blown away by what God was doing at this camp and, and through this time with my family, but I also sensed something that might have honestly felt tangible for the first time since being there is I actually felt the exact same longing and sense of of missing uh, my family um, in regards to you guys, especially on, on Sunday morning and Wednesday night when we have our youth service every night at Wednesday from 7 to 8.45, I'll see you there. Every, every night and every morning, I really felt this, like, this longing to be with you guys. Like, you truly are my family. Like, Jesus calls us as children of God that we're brothers and sisters in Christ, that we're a family, but he doesn't mean that figuratively or metaphorically. Like, God truly means that we're family. And we get to look at that today. Last week, Pastor Greg did an amazing job of speaking of, of how God is saying that we do not put family first, we put God first. And in putting God first, our love and our relationship with him grows, and that actually pours out on our family through loving and leading and serving the way that God intended it to be. And so today, as we dive into God's word, we're actually going to look at whenever God says that we're a church, that he's actually saying that we're a family. And we take that very ser seriously, and we don't take that for granted. And I hope that you grab a hold of that today. We're going to be reading out of Matthew chapter 12 together, verses 46 through 50. And then it'll be on the screen, and it says this. It says that as Jesus was speaking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside asking to speak with him. Someone told Jesus, your mother and your brothers are standing outside, and they want to speak to you. Jesus asked, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Then he pointed to his disciples, his followers, and said, Look, these are my mothers and brothers. Anyone who does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Now, first and foremost, I, it is such an incredible honor that God calls us to be a part of his family, that we are adopted in. Like, that is amazing. Like, that's the greatest thing ever, that we have a heavenly Father who loves us, who cherishes us, who has amazing promises for us. But I don't want you guys to misunderstand what God is trying to say here. Jesus is not saying to neglect your earthly family by, by any means. 
Like God clearly states that we're supposed to honor our father and mother, that we're supposed to love our siblings and our, our family very much. That, that even as Jesus is hanging on the cross, he actually tells one of his disciples, John, to look out for his, his earthly mother, Mary, and he says, John, this is your mother now. Like he has such love and respect for family, he created it. So whenever he's referring to the church being a family, it is with love and adoration for the family that we're brought up in on earth. Does that make sense? And I hope that we grab a hold of this truth today, and I believe that God is going to speak to us and to myself, and I want to be able to invite him into this time of worship as well, just in a moment of, of prayer. Um, so if you guys could do me a favor and just bow your heads and close your eyes, and let's, let's pray real quick. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we are, we're blown away by your presence that is here in this moment. God, we want more of you. We need your help, Lord. You see our hearts. You see our situation. You see the need for you. And God, I just pray that, God, we get to know you more, that we get to see your love for your church, for your family. God, I pray that you speak truth to our life. I pray, God, that whatever you have for us today will be spoken, God, that it won't be anything from me for selfish ambition, but God, whatever is from you will be spoken. And if it's not from you, may it fall on deaf ears. God, we want to know your love and truth today. We want to experience more of you and grow closer to you and your family. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We're going to continue this time of worship of diving into God's word again in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 through 22. It says, so now you Gentiles, a word for non-Jewish people, it says, so now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and the cornerstone is Jesus Christ himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. Like how, how amazing is that? Like, Can we grasp the truth that God chooses to allow us to be the dwelling place of his spirit? That he allows us to not only have a relationship with him, but it actually says that we are united in Christ together. Like, this is something that we're experiencing together as a family. Like, God loves every one of you individually. You have a, an intimate relationship with God, but we also do collectively. This is an experience we share together that we don't take for granted. And I, this hits home for me because whenever I came out to Mountain View, uh, it would be two years ago in August, and whenever I came out to this church where I felt God was calling me to Mountain View, I, I hadn't been here since I was four. I didn't know anybody I had just been married at like a week and a half before coming out here, so I'm figuring out this new family I have with my wife, Bree. And I'm, I'm also dealing, if I'm just being honest, I'm dealing with this fear of maybe rejection or not measuring up. It's my first youth pastor job. I'm taking over for your head pastor, Pastor Ken, youth pastor for 13 years at an amazing church. And I get to this church not knowing anybody, not knowing the demographic or the culture, and I am immediately welcomed with open arms, and I am loved as if I'm already their family. Now, it's one thing to say that, but they lived it out. Like, you guys as a church truly loved and supported my wife and I. You guys brought us into your homes. You guys introduced us to people. You got to show us what places to go eat, what not to eat. You, need, you, you warned us of the drivers here that don't use their blinker or don't even know it exists. You showed us that there are so many things here in this place that I get to experience with my wife. You also are showing me how to live. Like, some of you guys are godly men and women of God that get to be examples for me and my wife of who to aspire to be. You guys are able to show me so many things that I don't know about myself yet. That's what a family does. You also brought me in and you got to show me how to eat Fresno food. There's pretty good places to eat here. Food is the way to my heart. Whenever this church family fed me, 
And my wife, you immediately had me won over. Like, before the entrees even came, like, I was blessed. Like, I'm so grateful that you guys chose to love me that way. And probably, if, if not the most influential couple, was, was Pastor Ken and, and his wife, Anna, your, 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 your head pastors. Like, they immediately brought us under their wing. They loved us. This, this fear that I had of measuring up immediately just dissolved. Like, I was blown away by how much they truly treated us as, as siblings. Like, Pastor Ken truly is a, an older brother of mine. He continues to love and lead and, and show me things to do, not just in ministry, but in marriage and in my walk with Christ. Like, that's amazing. He gives me great direction. He loves me. He doesn't sugarcoat things. He's able to walk with me in love and truth and teach me in great ways. He also shows me that there is hope to have a flat stomach while I'm in my mid to late 30s. Like, praise God for that. He also showed me that, that in youth ministry for 13 years, you don't have to pull your hair out. Well, Okay, maybe he showed me how not to do that. Yeah, that's, that's a better way of putting it. He told me how not to do that. And all that was made possible was because he saw the church as a family and he took that literally because that's the way that God intended it. Man, praise God for that. Praise God for your pastor, Ken. He is awesome. And this is, and this is why I get excited is because I truly feel at home. And that's because the church, this is our first point, the church is not a collection of families. The church is a family. The church is not a collection of family. The church is a family. Pastor Rick Warren says this. He says that church is not something you go to. It's a family you belong to. Church is a, is a community where you realize you have this sense of belonging, that you have connection with each other, that you're realizing that you're not living life alone, that you're not dealing with temptations alone. You realize that you're not struggling with, it, with just it's only you. It's also not a place that you go into acting like you have everything all together. Like you just have to put on this mask or be doctored up and, until you realize that like, like the church is actually a place for all people that come with their, their hurts and their hangups and they get to experience freedom by God but also to do that together. Man, that is, that is some of the best news ever. That this is not a, a place of judgment. This is a place of love and freedom where we are unified. This is a family. We love each other. And, and if I'm being honest, I'm grateful for the family that, that I have but some of you may have a hardship with your, your family. There may be people in your, in your life that you haven't forgiven in your family. I encourage you throughout this moment that if God is convicting you to, to forgive them, to give it to God and trust that God's plan for, for family is for good and that God's gonna bring healing in that. It's nothing that I can say. It's nothing that you can do or that they can do. God can bring healing to any situation. And I pray and I believe that he's gonna do that this morning. Man, praise God. I, I love how this is all made possible by Jesus. It's not anything that we do on our on our own. It's not by selfish ambition so we can boast about it. It says in Romans chapter 8, verses 14 through 17, it says, for as many are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Then heirs, and heirs of God Joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, then we may also be glorified together. Because we're children of God with the same Father. Without a shadow of a doubt, that's a truth that we can stand on. That we can stand side by side and call each other brothers and sisters and actually mean it. Man, praise God for that. That's awesome. But also, it, it's something that I, I'm not sure if you're aware, but we sometimes have disagreements and we somehow, sometimes have differences with our siblings but that's not something that separates us. We actually allow God to unify us. It's not something that can, can bring in conflict, that can push us away. 
We see that so many times, time and, and time again, but that's not God's plan and purpose. Despite your differences and disagreements, God has called you to be a unified family. And that's our next point, is that the church is a family of unity, but not uniformity. The church is a family of unity and not uniformity. 1 Corinthians 12, 12, it says this. It says, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Like, we're not, we're not all dressed the same. We have our own style, but it's also unique in the way that God created you with your own gifts and your desires. You're not trying to be envious of someone to do what they have. Like, these gifts that are from God that are for you to use for, for his glory to love other people and to love him, God wants you to tap into what those are and use those to be able to give back to your family. This is not something that we're being competitive or we're trying to compare. God, I know God does not want that. God does not want you to compare each other with yourself. He wants you to love and serve and find out where, where your place is in the family, what, what you want to do. Now, I also love this, is, is whenever we have all of these opportunities to serve, we have, we have kids ministry, we have worship, we have youth, we have prayer, we have tech and slides. I mean, there's, there's endless opportunities to serve, but I love how Pastor Ken, he takes that opportunity to serve in the family as your head pastor very seriously. There's a, a, pastor, a verse I want to read with you real quick. It's in 1 Timothy 3.5. It says, For if a man cannot manage his own household, how can he take care of God's church? Let me tell you something. Pastor Ken manages his household well. I also want to tell you this. I find it very intriguing that, that God compares leading a family the same as to leading a church. So whenever God is saying that the church is a family, that's that's at the foundation of, of how to lead it. That has to show you that it really is a family. Now, what's, what's also really cool is Pastor Ken has, has three amazing kids. And his oldest daughter, his, his name is Eden. And she is an absolute sweetheart. And in case you are unaware of how old she is, she just became a sixth grader. So she started attending the exchange about a month ago. And that was awesome. And I remember Pastor Ken bringing her to the exchange service. And I could tell it was like super weird for him. He had, he had, like, been there for 13 years leading, and now he's bringing his kid, and he's kind of, like, looking at me like, hey, what do I do? I actually, I know what to do, but I got to act like I don't. Like, it was really funny. And as he leaves, I'm like, you know what? I know that he, he's a great pastor, but I got to see how amazing his daughter is. Like, she is an all-star. Eden, if you can hear me, you rock. Future Hall of Famer. But that goes for his entire family because Pastor Ken manages his household well, and that's going to transpire into his ministry. He manages his church well because he loves you and he cares about you and he cares about family because so does God. Also, this I'm not saying that pastoring is the only way that you should serve. Like I said before, there's so many venues that you can serve, but it's also something to take seriously and, and take it to heart. I want to read something real quick out of 1 Timothy 5, 1 through 2. It says, Never speak harshly to an older man, but appeal to him respectfully as you would to your own father. Talk to younger men as you would to your own brothers. Treat older women as you would your mother, and treat younger women with all purity as you would your own sisters. There is a love and respect and a value that we have for one another. When I see a church family, I see a group of people that are they're striving to know God more, individually and collectively, but also striving to make each other better out of love and respect. I believe that the church family... All of you should have people that are mentoring you in your church, that are pouring into you. And you should also have people in your life that you are pouring into and mentoring. Does that make sense? God's word says in Proverbs that those who refresh others will they themselves be refreshed. 
that it's God's plan and purpose in his family to receive from God through his family, but also to pour it out. Whenever you're pouring out to God's family, God's going to be able to pour more into you. You're going to be stretched more. So therefore, as we strive to know one another, to love one another out of respect, and as we cherish one another, that we're going to grow closer to God in the process. Now, it's so cool also is that Mountain View as a church family, we're actually part of the church family, like the entire church of Christ around the globe. And what was so encouraging for me as I come to Fresno is I get to see how great that has lived out in this great city. The amount of churches that work together here is incredible. To see all the pastor clusters and regions that are praying for one another, that are using God's gifts to be able to reach all people and not to be competitive or to fight over disagreements, but they truly love people the way that God intended them to. There's also amazing uh, a thing for youth pastors as well. Like, that was one great thing about making me feel at home was a network that they had for youth pastors. We, we meet once a month, and we actually get to connect with one another. We get to meet over meals to know one another, to find out how we can serve together, to be able to pray for each other and give advice. Like, that was so huge for my wife and I. We immediately felt at home. We immediately got to know our family. They got to get us plugged in through other networks, through FCA and other people to meet that were going to speak at places. Like, I am just, I am so grateful because God is the head of that, the one who orchestrated everything. And if we don't have a unified church, we're going to have a broken family. But I'm so grateful that God created us to be a unified church that is strong and dependent on our Heavenly Father. That's Him. Man, praise God. He, he is in all of this together. We don't have to worry. That's also, as, as I'm looking at Jesus as he's ascending to his Father, one of the last things that he is yearning, yearning for and praying for is that his church is unified. And I'm seeing that lived out today at Mountain View. The final point is this, is that we actually grow closer to our Heavenly Father together. Something I said earlier, and we're going to look in Mark chapter 10, verses 29 to 30, and see what Jesus says. Jesus is replying, saying that, Yes, I, and I assure you that everyone who has given up house or brothers, or sisters, or mother, or father, or children, or property, for my sake and for the sake of the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, will receive now in return a hundred times as many houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and property, along with persecution. And in the world to come, that person will have eternal life. God knows that when we actually pursue him, that we grow closer to him, and in doing so, we love him more and we actually love what he loves more. Our heart and our mind and our desires change as they're renewed by him. And out of that, out of spending time with God, your heart for his people, for the people who have not yet come into the church family that are lost, that need Jesus, God gives us a heart to do that. He gives us the discernment, the wisdom, the, the provision to be able to make that happen. But this all comes with a relationship with God that you're continually pursuing him. But also, it's not just pursuing him on your own. You're not going to grow in your relationship with God to the fullest that God has planned for you if you don't do it together. You guys understand that, right? Like, God, I never want to ever put a lid on the Holy Spirit on what he can do, but I know for a fact that if you're just pursuing God by yourself, you're not going to reach the potential that God has for you. You need to do it in community. You have to serve together. You have to join a life group. Get into a smaller community as you grow together with one another and find out who your church family is. It doesn't matter. You have, we're in different stages of life. We have different cultural backgrounds, different languages. It doesn't matter. We're a part of the family. Like God sees us unified as his children that he loves dearly and he does not have favorites. But God has a favorite family and that's you all. You guys are God's one and only favorite family. And he wants to know you more. And you guys get to do that together. 
I'm, I'm really grateful because um, without, without the, the family of God, I would be completely lost. This isn't even, even in my notes. I'm looking back at my own life and I'm seeing all the people that, that sought me out, that chose to love me, that chose to put up with <laughs> a rebellious youth, John. <laughs> you don't want to meet him. <laughs> and I, I just, I'm blown away because I saw the heart of God displayed in so many different parts of the family. You guys, it's, it's not about how much biblical knowledge you know or how far along you are with your walk with God or, or the, the people that you know. God can use you to reach so many people. But when you guys come hand in hand and use all of your strengths and differences to work together, we can change this city and this state, this country and this world immensely. When we step out of this position of, of pride, this position of not feeling like we may be accepted if we're honest, but we actually come humbly to the cross and we realize that this church is a place where that we can be open, that we can be loving, that we can be judgment-free, that we can equip one another by a heart that is pursuing our Heavenly Father together, lives will be changed, including our own. And praise God for Him being here. Praise God for His Word and His direction and His truth. And I'm grateful for you guys for being obedient to coming to church this morning. And I believe that this is going to be a huge step in your relationship with God and in your